Campaign Chemistry, where we pick the brains of creative alchemists, business wizards, and marketing geniuses behind the world's greatest brands. I'm your host, Allison Weisbrot, editor of Campaign US, and my guest this week is Jennifer Halloran, head of marketing, brand, and community responsibility at Mass Mutual. A tenured financial services marketer, formerly at Fidelity, Halloran joined MassMutual in 2016 to lead the firm through a rebrand and a reorg that involves centralizing marketing's resources and whittling down an agency roster of 400 to 100. Because she also oversees MassMutual's community engagement efforts, Halloran understands the importance of tying marketing to how a brand shows up in the community, a setup for the ultimate purpose-driven playbook. Hi, Jennifer. Thanks for being here. Thank you. So you are the CMO of Mass Mutual, and we are definitely going to be talking about your company. But first, I want to sort of zoom out and look at financial services marketing. I mean, you've been in the space for a long time. Um, how has it changed since you've started? Yeah, um, it, it's been really a fascinating trip for me personally. Um, you know, I started years ago as with financial services as my client um, on the ad agency side, and we were just you know, still in the world of brochures and print and email. And, you know, I think it's, it's really migrated at a pace, um, similar to a lot of other marketing industries, but, um, across so many different mediums, you know, um, certainly within the banks and larger financial institutions now, um, you know, if you're not in digital and you're not really close to the way that you're touching your customers across, um, connected channels, you're, you're really missing um, the boat in it. So it's just been an amazing ride for me to move from the traditional marketing and see how quickly um, an, an innovation really went into um, financial services and um, keeping up now um, where, you know, it's one of the things that people are so close to is your finances. So if we're not really close to the customer and their needs from a marketing perspective, um, you're really, you're out of touch. So it's been a really interesting ride. And I think, most people probably would not think that it's kept up at the same pace as other marketing channels and in um, industries, but um, I think we've actually done a really amazing job with it. Right. There's so many changes to the way people manage their finances now, right? Like it's all online and there's so many different startups in the space disrupting with, with FinTech and and that whole category really coming forward. Um, So you at Mass Mutual, which is more of a sort of established legacy insurance company for the most part, financial company. Um, Talk about some of the changes that are happening there um, as you sort of rethink the category. Yeah. Um, You know, we've really focused a lot on uh, technology as well. We're a big supporter of a lot of, um, you know, uh, investing in technology. We started um, a company called Haven Life, which is a direct D2C um, channel opportunity for people to purchase life insurance. So we were one of the first in that space. Um, and we've really focused on making sure that we are um, keeping up with the technology and the innovation. We support a lot of uh, fintech startups in the area. We support something in, Ma- in Massachusetts called Mass Challenge. And we think that we can learn from everybody that's around us in, in, in the innovation space and also through what we can do to change the experience. So I think um, certainly in our ways, of investing and supporting in the development. Um, we also spent a lot of times investing in digital in our own company. Uh, I think even more so than just digital, we've also really invested a lot into um, data science and we have a really uh, large specialty group 
um, I think here that um, has really changed the industry in how we do traditional underwriting and how we speak to and service clients. And also, um, they've also given us the opportunity to leverage some of their skills and capabilities in measurement and data in um, AI and so many different capabilities. So I think while we, you know, people may see us as a you know, 175 year old insurance company. Um, that was really the essence of why we rebranded when I started at Mass Mutual five years ago was to, you know, make sure that people understood how we were um, innovative and keeping up with the changes in the industry and the changes in our, um, in our customer base. Yeah. Talk about that rebrand. I mean, obviously it was five years ago, so you, I'm sure you've evolved it a bit since then, but talk about like the the message you were trying to get across and then also maybe some of the new products that you've innovated on in the life insurance or other insurance spaces um, to coincide with that rebrand. Yeah. So when I started, um, it was, it was really fascinating. We, I was sort of presented with this opportunity to take this really well-established company that had seen amazing growth um, market leadership in what some people may sort of say is, you know, really not an, an interesting growing category with at least the insurance side of the business. Um, we had just, uh, we, ha- we are a top 10 broker dealer. We have a large wealth management practice. Um, we had just um, acquired MetLife's old um, field agency force. So we doubled our field agency force. Um, but our challenge for us in some ways is that we were never, we didn't have a lot of awareness in the marketplace because we sell through, um, our primary distribution channel was selling through, you know, almost 8,000, uh, financial advisors. Um, but none of them, many of them didn't carry Mass Mutual's brand. They could be individually branded or co-branded. So our challenge from a brand perspective to relaunch was to build some awareness around, um, our capabilities and the company to support multiple business lines that we have here. And, um, you know, as I always say, we were, um, we had an outdated brand with a very updated consumer. Um, and what we wanted them to know was all of the work and the innovation that we had been doing um, around um, the technology that we built with Haven Life. You know, certainly um, we've built an amazing scale of services and products in the life insurance category down to the place, you know, Haven is, is somewhere where you can get a life insurance policy by answering a small subset of questions. And within 20 minutes, you could have a term life policy issued. Um, that's the innovation around fluidless underwriting um, and data science modeling. Um, and that was really just a category breaker for us at the time. Um, and, and really thinking through how to get people into these protection products, um, in a rapid way where they would feel that they didn't have to put it off and, you know, never feel like it was something that they could actually achieve. So, um, certainly in the, in the, um, space with Haven, we've done a lot of innovation. And, and I think just in general, we, we've really worked around different product opportunities from a servicing perspective and, um, broadening our scope of balance around our protection products, you know, um, moving away from just um, life insurance, but really building out a base of annuity products and making those um, digitally accessible for, for consumers and for our advisors um, has been a, certainly a way that we've really tried to refresh and reimagine um, what mm-hmm. we can do as a, as a legacy brand for people. And I think that the strength and stability of being around 175 years is what we can really, you know, that's the value there that we create, but um, the innovation um, and the customer focus, I think, is where we really needed the refresh. And we certainly have a lot of great capabilities there. Yeah, for sure. And and to your point, um, like with the Haven product, there's a lot of like D to C making making insurance, which is sort of a category that as a consumer, you don't really want to think about. Maybe you have to think about and making it a little bit more accessible and, and understandable. And 
dare I say, fun. <laughs> um, so talk about like how as a marketer, do you think about branding in the financial services category and, you know, looking at startups like Lemonade or other companies with sort of that fun, hip, like D2C vibe? Like how do you bring a co- make a company like Mass Mutual relevant and fresh while also building on that legacy and trust? Yeah, it's a great question. And I think because I've been, you know, I've done this for so long. And like you said, I think what I really did when I started here, as I said, I don't, you know, my challenge to our agencies when we we started to think about how to brand and message to, to customers, and it's a really broad customer base for us. We sort of have to speak to almost everybody, given the breadth of the products that we have. And I said, you know, I want people to look at look at the work that we do and look at the brand that we have and say, well, I, I never would have thought that was a financial services company. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that as an industry, we're in a sea of sameness. You know, everybody sort of has the same, um, we tend towards the same core messaging. And I think in the past, and certainly I think some of some of us have broken away from it, but the underlying current in the industry from a marketing and messaging perspective was a lot about, you know, fear, you can't do this alone. You know, are you worried about not having enough to save for retirement? You know, making people feel like they really um, were sort of locked in the decision because some of the some of the products are pretty complicated. And insurance itself is certainly one that, you know, um, is usually sold um, and it's sold through an intermediary. And it's a process about really understanding the values and the needs for it. And I think moving into a D to C space where we can help people feel empowered and feel that they you know, do you have a good sense of, of what they're doing and it's not a complicated decision um, for them was really what we started to migrate through in the messaging as well. Um, you know, reach, reaching customers that, that it's a, some people really want to do it on their own and they just want to be able to walk through a couple steps, educate themselves, figure out what they need from a coverage perspective um, and have the ability to feel that they made a really good decision and others really want to put the whole portfolio together. So how do we help message to people that they can understand that we respect and appreciate that there's various levels of financial IQ out there and, mm-hmm. um, and we can really help you through that path without being assuming that you really, you know, you can't do it on your own. Um, I think the, the fresh and the, you know, the, the cool, vibrant areas of, of where you see some of the lo- lemonades and the sofas, you know, they're definitely um, looking at a certain customer base. And for us, we have that customer base, but we also have a broader customer base when we think about the breadth of the protection products that we have. You know, certainly a, a whole life, a variable whole life policy or something on that end of the spectrum is different than a term policy, which is a simpler purchasing decision for some people. So, you know, we really have tried to make sure that the brand is relevant to um, a broad range of audiences. And it's not you know, I think we as an industry say, well, we, we have to go through life stages with people. When they have a baby, it's a good time to pick up a life insurance policy or when you first get married. And, you know, I think it's um, not so much that systematic event, but knowing that you always should have some type of protection for yourself, mm-hmm. um, whatever it triggers it, you know, I think that's really important. And that's what we try to put across in the messaging that we have um, and some of the work that we're doing with the new campaign that we've just launched around sort of this, this idea of uncomfortable truths. You know, how do we how do we t- teach people that it's okay to talk about the things that we were always told we wasn't easy to talk about? You know, you, mm-hmm. you meet with an advisor and they say, well, how much do you need to save and how much do you have? And people all start getting nervous about talking about some of these things around their finances. And, you know, people are uncomfortable saying that they, you know, make assumptions that they're going to be okay, but they really haven't thought about it. So how do we break down from a marketing and messaging perspective some of those barriers um, and make it comfortable to talk about the fact that, 
yeah, maybe I have three kids and I haven't got a life insurance policy. And we all know we should have, but we just haven't gotten around to it, you know? Um, so take that out of the, the conversation to say it's not too late. You know, don't, don't assume that you still can't do this, um, even though you may be feeling that you're not, you know, you're not tracking with where the industry tells you you should be. So um, I yeah. think that's a good challenge for us. Yeah, to your point, I think, um, you know, this fear-based messaging, it probably like played its role for a while because this stuff is difficult to understand. There's a lot of jargon and um, financial literacy, I think, is a really like big area where maybe financial brands have been afraid to play in the past because they're afraid to put themselves out of business in a sense. But do you find yourself, do you find Mass Mutual embracing financial education and literacy more as you sort of evolve the brand? Yeah. And I think, you know, it's, I think we really have a unique position here too, because um, a lot of us try to struggle with financial literacy and some companies, brands will go out there and just put a bunch of tools out there online and say, here's how you can educate yourself or webinars or seminars. And some of them are really, really great and really smart content. Um, but I think for us, it's really about knowing the lifespan of the customer and what their financial needs are and really focusing on what's the best way to present it to them. And we really have a great position with that because we start at a really young age. Um, I, Mass Mutual, I also oversee our foundation and all of our community responsibility programs. And we have a national program um, that we've had in market for a number of years called um, Future Smart. And it's a partnership that we did with a company called EverFi. And we go around the country and educate middle school children uh, in uh, lower and, and mid-income areas on the basics of understanding how to make good financial decisions. And so we start at that age because the research showed that really at middle school is a good time for most of us can understand the basic concepts of saving and, and finances. So we start at that age with them and then we move through the programs and the, the progress and we start to help with a lot of the other programs that we have at, at here at Mass Mutual that help with the education, the literacy and moving them into more sophisticated beginning investors. And then when you sort of hit that point where, you know, you feel like you're at a good point where you've accumulated enough and you need a little bit of advice, we can easily migrate you into any one of the financial advisors we have in the large network that we have. So it's really a progression to me about understanding where you are, but starting really young with a, with that basics of understanding um, the focus and the importance of knowing how to manage your finances is something we're really dedicated to. Yeah. I find it really interesting that you also oversee community engagement efforts. How does that intersect with your marketing strategy, especially as purpose becomes so big on the marketing agenda? Yeah, it's, it's, I've been really fortunate and I think, um, really lucky when I started here, they, we had reorganized some of the company and they just moved the community responsibility into the, um, my role and we were reestablishing and rebuilding the brand. Um, and I think the essence of how it works with the marketing efforts is that, you know, we were lucky to make sure that we were building a new brand proposition and the new values that we have as a company. And that's where we built the Live Mutual platform. And that it also connected really well with how we show up in the community. Um, and the, in the way that the strategy that we have on how we run our national community responsibility programs is really tied into this concept of Live Mutual and taking care of people and relying on others and connecting them. Um, and so we sort of found out of out of the time that we built the two programs around each other and where we rebuilt the strategy for the brand around Live Mutual, that our brand proposition almost became also our community and our cause proposition. And I think they're so interconnected that how you show up to 
um, you know, help your customers should also be how you represent yourself and your communities. And that's really, really important for us um, that we keep those consistent values across what we do. So our national programs are based on economic development and financial literacy. Um, and then obviously a broad spectrum of, of grants and giving, but the two national funded programs that we have are really in that base. And it ties really well with how we also market and support our products to our general customers. Yeah, I think, you know, obviously having the two tied together is really important or else the brand promise kind of rings hollow. Talk about how you bring some community engagement efforts into your marketing or, you know, maybe you mentioned that you launched a new campaign recently. Like talk about that and how that ties into your your how the way you show up in the community. Yeah. So we've done a lot. Um, we have a we are a um, national sponsor We're with um, the NHL. And when we had the opportunity to build that relationship, we started, I was really, really focused on making sure that we built that partnership, not just around building the brand, but also building um, our core values. And so we spent a lot of time with Kim Davis, who runs all of their um, diversity, inclusion and community programs and said, how can we partner together with you guys um, when we're going to put the two brands together and we're going to really support each other? How do we make sure both of our programs are supporting each other? And so when we started to go into um, some of the ways that we could activate at some of the NHL signature events, um, and I'll just use um, the Winter Classic as one of their examples. Um, it's an event that they host every January, and it's an outdoor re, sort of rebuilding that feel of the outdoor hockey rink, and they bring two um, NHL teams together to play. And it's a really fun on-site event at one of the uh, venues across the country. And we decided to take that opportunity to activate around that with all the fans there, but we brought our community responsibility program um, into that um, space. So instead of just sort of going there and, you know, trying to sell products, we actually used to say, let's make sure that we can build awareness with the fans that are here on site around what we can do and what they can do for the community. Um, so we got, we built some activation programs around the quizzes that kids can do and how do you really understand the basics of literacy. We've used um, the, that program extended to partner with some of the players within the NHL. They've done some content series with us on um, really basic quiz quizzes and um, having some fun with each other and teaching kids how to manage their finances by using hockey pucks and really understanding like the basics of some of the skills that they can build and how similar they are to building financial literacy. So really leveraging some of the deeper partnerships and the bigger brand opportunities that we have from a marketing perspective to reach certain audiences, um, but then taking them to a different space when we have the idea of how do we leverage those partners and how do we leverage you know, on-site activation opportunities to bring the community responsibility programs into into that venue as well. So um, that's one of the ways we've really, really had a lot of fun with it, um, but also really got both of us as partners to um, build and strengthen the work that we're doing in the communities. Awesome. Cool. So um, I want to talk about your marketing department. You've been with Math Mutual since 2016, which is already longer than most CMOs <laughs> are on at their jobs, right? So what's made you stay? Um, we've had so much work and there has just been so much opportunity. Um, you know, rebranding a company that was almost 107, now 175 years old, but, you know, um, was such an exciting opportunity that was soup to nuts. I mean, you know, a visual identity, a new platform to position and really making sure that we can understand how to integrate and execute across, um, so many different distribution channels for us. Um, we're a manufacturer and a distributor. 
We're a, we're a direct distributor in some cases, but we also sell through third parties. We've got a large institutional business. So really taking the brand and scanning it across multiple business units and multiple audiences was um, a huge opportunity for us. We also, um, you know, to me, I think of the excitement around that, and we're still working on it, is refining a brand architecture. Um, we've made acquisitions with um, Great American Life, and we've also, um, you know, sold off a huge piece of our re- retirement record-keeping business to Empower last year. So as these large strategic shifts in our company have come and gone, figuring out how the brand fits into that and how those business strategies support and, and involve the brand has been really exciting. Um, and when I started, we really, um, my primary focus from an organization perspective was around a lot of the brand and the paid and the national um, programs but we still had small sub teams of marketing that sat within the different business and distribution channels. And last year, um, in the end of last year, we finally had the opportunity to say we really should consolidate all of the marketing into one centralized organization. Um, how do we create rural scale and efficiency? How do we make sure that we're simplifying our business partners' needs. Um, we had over 400 marketing agencies in different capacities with us, which we've reduced down to less than 100 after spending almost two years um, really going through the process of what are the creative needs, what's the creative resources, um, building out a small internal creative agency that we had. Um, I hired an executive creative director from um, Hill Holiday here in Boston, you know, to over 20 years of experience. And he's rebuilt our internal team and figuring out that model mix of how do we use external agencies with our internal agencies and what's the best to me creative services model. It's not just about um, cutting costs or, you know, being, you know, super efficient in some of that, but where, where do we get the best way to balance the most amazing creative talent? And that's in-house and out of the outside with our agency partners. So it's just been a really great opportunity for me not to just do um, brand building with the, with the fortune of a, of a really amazing brand and brand history, but then also to, as we got through that phase, look at the internal marketing teams and how do you really rebuild an efficient marketing structure and an organization, you know, and my focus now is I say, you know, how do we really present marketing as, as a growth center and not a cost center? And, mm-hmm. and that's really where we've um, begun to really build and, and educating everybody internally with Mass Mutual and the value of what we can do. And it's not just paid TV. It's, it's, it's real impact. It's, it's, you know, moving people through the funnel. Um, it's just been an amazing, amazing process for me, but it feels like my job has changed in so many different ways since I got yeah. here. That that's what's what's really kept me here. It's just been so much opportunity and excitement to, to awesome. shift what we do. So talk to me about the way you set up your marketing team. Um, you you said that you brought the organization together under one team um, when you started. So what does that look like now? And then the balance between in-house and agency, where do you um, focus in-house and then what do you outsource? Yeah. So I'll start with what we did with the team. What we really did was, and I think um, it was funny when I started to talk to some of the peers, uh, my peers in the um, leadership team and that ran the businesses and the P&Ls, you know, they were like, yep, we've, we've worked a couple of places where it's been both ways. And I think looking across um, our competitor set and talking to a lot of people that I know that are in the industry and lo- analyzing how they kind of set up their teams, um, there's a lot of different models out there. But um, we really felt that the value was to put 
all of strategy, all of execution, and all of measurement and operations into one place. So what we did is we pulled the, um, we've created a team that is really focused on um, aligning and being very close to our business partners. So if that's the product team, we have a team of people that are very close to what we call product marketing. It's, it's how we get them into market. It's how do we present the products and how do we help them sell? And then we also have somebody that's really dedicated to our advisor um, distribution channel. So we have a small team of people there that are really focused on understanding their business, knowing how we can best drive their strategy and actually own some of their business metrics. Um, and so we've created these small focus teams that align with each of the business channels. And then we consolidated, um, you know, the real scalable type of talent. So we have um, a consolidated creative team. We have a consolidated, uh, what we call engagement and execution. So that's social content, you know, all the um, paid engagement activation type of work. Um, and then we have a really strong consolidated measurement and analytics team, which I think was important because each of the business channels had tried to build their own smaller measurement teams, um, but consolidating that and now having, you know, data engineers that can scale their skills um, across all the business channels was really important. Um, consumer insights and research is in my team as well. So how do we really understand what the consumer needs are and what that research is to influence product and you know, distribution. So it's, um, it's, you know, really understanding those type of areas. And we created um, a centralized segment marketing segment team, which is important because, you know, understanding how to um, present the challenges for women in finance is not just a channel specific thing. It doesn't only show up in one place, it shows up everywhere. So some of the teams was really um, the premise around consolidating and scale, and then still preserving the element of having unique, smaller marketing strategy teams that are literally just um, focused on the strategy and the business, and how can we really help them drive that. Um, so that's how we sort of organizationally set up. Um, the agency side has been really fun for me. I mean, that's just one of my favorite, favorite places to be. Um, we have a tremendous respect for the agencies and maybe it's because I started agency side. So mm -hmm. I always know, um, what it feels like to be on both sides. Um, there are partners, they're, um, not vendors to us. You know, I really have amazing respect and appreciation for the partners that we have. Um, and what we did is sort of a, we built this model where we sort of said, let's look at where the real needs are. Um, from a creative perspective and how do we sort of flex and flow that, you know, what are the core things that we know we're always going to have to do? Um, and I don't, sometimes people call it BAU, but that sounds like that's just the boring work. Um, so I don't want to call it BAU, but what do we operationally and creatively executionally know we always have to do? And we should be able to, to sort of own that and have that inside. And then where do we really need some of the different capabilities and skills that might be a little bit more specialized. Maybe, you know, like one of our partners is really unique um, in understanding the B2B marketplace um, from a creative perspective and a competitive perspective. So some of the external agency partners that we have, we still use for, you know, the, the capabilities that might be either really specialized for us from an audience perspective um, or just don't make sense from a scale perspective for us mm -hmm. to try to build it inside. Um, and I think that's one of the things that we've done recently. We went through a review of um, all of our creative services teams and then also some of our um, primary partners and just restarted um, with a new agency of record when we brought on Gray New York this year, earlier this year. Um, and that's some of the work that they've been putting into market with us now. They had a really large data-driven 
um, component to um, how they can build strategy and how they build and influence creative. And that's not the type of data we had, and that's not the type of skills we had internally, but we mm-hmm. thought it was really valuable when you could build a strategy and a creative campaign and, and understanding your customer at a much deeper level. So that's just, that's one of the examples of how and why we went to a gray to manage some of those bigger brand campaign work while we still use a lot of our internal, you know, our, our internal creative director um, also is a, is a partner with Gray. You know, they, they do they do all the work together. So it's a really interesting way that we can use our external and internal teams to um, sort of flex and flow on what we need from a specialty perspective. Yeah, it's interesting to me. You said that you had about 400 agencies and you whittled it down to 100. Um, talk about that process. And I think it's something that a lot of marketers are doing right now as there's a lot of like integrated global pitches going on. Yeah. Um, Talk about that as a marketer and why that's important. Yeah. I mean, I, you know, part of it was just indicative of the way that we had organizationally been set up. So like I said, when I started here, it it grew because there were a lot of marketing teams sitting in different places across the company. And every time you hire a couple of marketers that sit within the business line right away, they go off and say, oh, I'm going to bring on my favorite partner that I used to work with at my previous company. And so sort of for all the right intention reasons, it, it grew. Um, we, we, I also think it grew because we didn't really have one consolidated vision on how to plan all of the marketing that was coming across the company um, for the year. When you have it sitting in different business units, um, some of them use some centralized functions, but some of them didn't. And I think, you know, it really almost took us two years. Um, and it was an effort that we were committed to um, from an efficiency perspective it aligned with the way that we were reorganizing the marketing teams so we could be um, all on the same page. Because anytime you go off to a business partner and say, hey, we should really look at that marketing vendor. Do you really need them? You know, they're all going to be like, of course I need them. Why? What are you doing here? Why are you telling mm-hmm. me this? Mm-hmm. You know, so I think everybody has to be on board with that vision that you can get much better relationships with your agency partners when you bring them, you know, bigger, stronger, smarter buckets of work. Uh So from a scale perspective, if you've got three different, you know, we, we found a bunch of different marketing teams across the company all needed a video vendor. So why do we all go off and use different ones when we could consolidate that, you know, scope of work Uh and be really smart about it and build um, better scale with better talent in your external partners too. Um, So that was, that was a lot of it. I think that was um, really spending the time and it's hard to do when you have it, when you're, everybody's trying to run their day job. Um, so we really carved out a separate team that focused on meeting with all the marketing partners and going through scopes of work with them and unpacking, you know, what the creative resources are and breaking down that idea that people are like, Oh, you just want to own all this. Why do, why can't I just keep my own agencies? And I just kept saying to them, this is not about putting you know, this is about getting you guys the best creative resources you, you you can possibly have. It's not about me building an internal creative team and, and having control over all the partners. It's about making sure that all of us across the company have the best available creative resources that we could have um, and simplifying some of that. And in some ways, the list grew really because it was a resource thing. You know, mm-hmm. you, we had partners that just weren't really looking forward and planning. So all of a sudden, they'd, they'd be in a panic they needed someone to help them run 10 email campaigns on top of, you know, 20 social campaigns and the teams that they already had working on it couldn't do it. So they would hire, you know, pick up these smaller partners or small contractors or small agencies to fill the backflow. Um, so that was another core piece of it is 
putting all of it in one place gives us now the chance to forecast out the work mm-hmm. and, and, and manage it. So you don't need to be on the fly and you're not all running campaigns on top of each other. You're, you're resourced appropriately with the best possible creative talent you could have. Um, but yeah. it was long. Well, it was a long process. <laughs> yeah. I mean, how do you like, obviously this was, um, something that you like really invested in doing and, and needed a bit of a cleanup, but like, how do you make a case for, for a big strategy like this when everything's changing all the time? Like, how do you keep up with the complexity? How do you keep up with your, your agency needs as a CMO? Yeah. I mean, you know, it's been, uh, it's been a lot of work and it's, there's some days where, you know, I joke around with my team when we start to work with some of the agencies and they'll say, okay, Jen, here, you want to take a look at the media plan? I'm like, oh yeah, let me get back into the fun stuff. Cause really when you get into the weeds on some of these organizational changes and, um, resource alignment pro projects, um, it's some of the stuff that I think as a CMO, you really, you, you get to use your business side and, and, um, not just the creative, you know, uh, messaging side, but it makes you put your business hat on and say, I'm, I'm running this as a business. My partners all run a PL. I'm running a PL. And what we started with was looking at um, a common industry ratio, probably one most of us really cringe at, but we hear it often. And that's your working versus non-working spend. Mm-hmm. You know? And so we did a ton of analysis with that. We had, you know, every top consulting partner in the world come in and tell us where we were. And, um, and then we just really unpacked it. And, I think you have to carve out the time to say, I know what my team is doing. I know what my department is doing. And I feel really good about knowing that we're doing it well. I mean, you know, you work as a CMO along business partners that have to report out sales numbers all the time. Every month you, I sit in these large business resource meetings and we're all sharing sales numbers. And as marketers, you can show marketing results numbers, but these are the numbers we own as a business. How am I working really smart for this company? Because I support the entire company. We're an Mm -hmm. enterprise function. So, you know, these are sort of my metrics and my numbers, not just on the success of the work, because we certainly have tons of numbers on, you know, the success of the campaigns and the success of the marketing programs. But as I, as the way you visualize how you run your own business PL almost, um, you have to focus on where there's efficiencies in the resources that you're using and that you're spending. And whether it's your headcount and your internal team or it's the external partners that you're using, making sure that those, you know, that's your sales metric. That's your ROI, um, in essence, for your own little business. And I think that that's important that we all think about owning that as much as um, all the, you know, the distribution and product partners I sit next to, that we're doing the best thing for the company. Right. And then that gets you, you know, towards your goal of being a growth driver as opposed to a cost center. Right. Um. So what you've done all this work and and gotten the brand into really good shape. What's next for Mass Mutual? What's on your agenda? <laughs> wow, we're well, we're still we're in the throes of making sure that um, we've got we've, we're building a lot of really interesting stuff with um, some strategic changes. And so I reorganized all of the marketing organization early this year as some of our core business partners were changing and re envisioning their strategy as well. So um, that's just been amazing for us. We're we're refocusing around our worksite business. And now we've got a really focused marketing team that can help them build that business. We're refocusing and looking at a lot of what we do in our um, advisor distribution channel. And we've, we're, we're like lockstep with that team and figuring out how we can help them grow that. Um, we started a rebuilt and really amplified um, what we had was an existing third-party distribution channel. So we're in lockstep with that. So 
we've been building this new team and we're also really fortunate to almost be in a startup mode with some of our bigger businesses partners. Um, so that's been exciting for us. Um, we've also got um, some new workout in market um, from an advertising perspective. We're really shifting um, into helping people understand and move into the consideration um, bucket with what we do. Um, you know, when I started here five years ago, I said to our CEO, it's really important that people, there's so low awareness of mass mutual in the marketplace. We need to introduce ourselves as who we are as a company before we say what we do. Mm-hmm. So our rebrand work and what we've been doing for the last couple of years isn't really more about, like you said, sort of the core values of what we stand for. Um, and that's where the unsung campaign and, and some of the other um, work that we've been doing. And now we really are trying to shift as our businesses are shifting into making sure that people really understand um, the value and the benefits of more of the services and the products that we can offer. Um, so that's an exciting shift for us just from a broader messaging perspective and, and the work that we're doing in market. Um, we've also started a lot of really big initiatives. Um, we hired a head of um, ESG and sustainability. We've been doing a lot of work in that space with my team in the community responsibility space, supporting a lot of the strategy as we've started to do that um, work. So that's exciting for us to start to launch that into market and figure out how we can support the vision and the work that's in in that space um, as a company. Awesome. Um, and, and just keeping everybody, you know, close to all the innovation that we're doing and, and, and the businesses that we've been acquiring and picking up and integrating. And, you know, it's, it's such a fast moving business and a lot of, especially on the broker dealer side, um, there's so much consolidation in the industry right now across different channels, um, that really keeping up, um, the brand and consistency and making sure that we're still presenting ourselves in the right light and in the best interests of, of every, everyday consumers that, that want to invest and, and, and feel good about secure about who they're investing with, um, is really important for us. So we've got a, we've got a lot of fun stuff ahead of us. Awesome. Well, I'm excited to see all of it. And, um, thank you so much for, for joining me today, Jennifer. And yeah, hope we talk soon. Thank you, Allison. I really appreciate the time. That's all the time we have this week. Thanks for tuning into campaign chemistry and we'll see you next time.